It's high noon, everybody. It's 12 o'clock, high noon, here on MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. We are going to be doing the amazing international Zoom poetry CPCL today from Chicago and Edinburgh and San Francisco. So, and everywhere else because people are they come in from Maine and everywhere it's it's pretty amazing every other week that we've been doing it here at mutiny radio i'm so excited your co-hosts are aaron gannon and andy talbot they're going to be plugging in in just a moment but listen to the wonderful sounds of sunk and their new album bed cat and we'll be right back with poetry yay
Noodle in my life ever. Oh nope. my god! I haven't lived. Is, is that just like an instant ramen or something? Is that what? Yeah, it's kind of funny idea. Yeah. They come in. They come in like a a big size yogurt type tub thing. But yeah. it's not like cup of noodles or marichan cup of noodles. Yeah. Like they're noodles thicker, they're flat, and they have it's a for a more European, I guess, like oriented palate. Like it's okay. not a. Yeah, they're not so spicy. They're like 
chicken and mushroom or beef and tomato. Mm. My, my client ordered a whole load. I've just stuck a whole load in a cupboard. They're full of European shit instead of American shit, John. So it's all right. <laughs> well, could you just, could you just like throw some spaghetti and some uh, some like chicken broth, and would it be the same? It would be way better. <laughs> all right, well, here we go. <laughs> They have MSG in pot noodles, but... You can get MSG and get your own MSG and throw it in there. I want to make my own pot noodles and make them from scratch and you use the weed and then you put it in the app, the pot noodles. Do you make... Yeah. <laughs> I was not going to make pot... It's California. I'm making pot noodles every day. Come on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think it's sort of like a marijuana pesto. There you go. You know, yeah. that's what... You know. <laughs> You put the pot in the uh, noodles. I can, I can get the best snack. The best snack ever is duck crackling. What? Wow. No, now you're yeah, talking. Yeah. Crackling. Duck crackling. Oh, oh. So like a duck skin, like just cooked, uh, cooked in, in the fat until it just oh, turns into... The quack and they deep oh. Dude, you've got an isolation too long. Uh, cooked in its own juices. I'm gonna shut up. Andy said he was gonna do this. Yeah, I am. I mean, I guess. Now I don't mind the spot and stuff. I can't really hear properly with these headphones today for some reason. Um, nobody's saying anything. That is useful. Um, hi. Um, yeah, I can hear everyone now. Hi. Um, this is Choose Portree, Choose Life. Um, I'm Andy. Uh, we have Pam in San Francisco. We have Erin, who's normally in Glasgow, but is currently in Chicago. Um, oh. Yeah, we're all over the place in more than one way. Um, that was a mental <laughs> health joke. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Um, I know I'm going to read at some point. Um, we don't have a running order as yet. Um, so if anyone wants to put the hand up and go first, that would be awesome. Also, we have a rule. Don't know why I forgot the rules. Don't be a dick. Um, pretty much self-explanatory. Um, hang on. Erin's doing something with the hands. I don't know what that means. Ten minutes, yeah. But I mean, oh. if there were any longer than ten minutes, that's being a dick. So. <laughs> yeah. Don't just stand up and take up all the time. But no, um, take as long as you want, really. Probably won't kick you off. Um, yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, John. So we'll put John on. Also, I'm at Holly's right now because this is where I currently live. Um, yeah. Which is funny because Louise is at my house. <laughs> yeah, we're literally all over the place. <laughs> well, we got good signal from you, Andy, which is good. That is a change because I'm actually on the Wi-Fi as well. It's much better. But we can hear him. Yeah, hear us. <laughs> um, right, okay, John, if you want oh, to. Oh, look at me. I'm spotlighted. I guess I better go. Huh? <laughs> All right. Hold on a second here. Next stage at the no play. A shrill flute drum beat boom. Something. Primal duties austere voice rises from deep 
in the belly, a belly that prefers a knife to dishonor. With bent knees and straight back alone, dancer pivots and stomps, muscles tremble to hold perdition. In the background, a castle dungeon rises like a pelican of plaster and wood from sloping stone walls. Feudalism's ghost nods appreciation from the window. Mrs. Inoue's high school girls have already finished their course and carried off book bags of teddy bears and Tom Cruise dreams. Behind the curtain, no players clip cell phones to their belts and set of swords. The only duels they see are on TV. Women in costumes from the tale of Genji discuss J-pop and U2's latest tour. Turn anywhere in Japan and find a contradiction. Old people nodding to a jazz fusion band at a Shinto shrine. A woman removing thigh-high platform boots to step onto grass mats. What a friend we have in Jesus drifts through the walls of a museum housing Buddhist statues. Uniformed teenagers gather at a baseball diamond three blocks from rice wine offerings and chants to the gods. Hey, bada, hey, bada, hey, bada, swing. I turn for a final picture before hiking to a garden with the 400-year-old tea house, which is the real Japan. Could a stage exist without bamboo supports? Could the players gather without the stage? Holding his fan like a sword, the dancer turns, the shutter clicks, I leave the castle grounds and enter the 21st century. See if I can find the other one here. That's just about the uh, uh, anniversary of the Hiroshima bombing, and so here's uh, this reminiscence of going to Hiroshima back in 95. I don't know what to expect as I follow the Enola gaze path along the river. After departing the train in Hiroshima, days before the nuclear physics conference, August heat sticks the shirt to my sweaty back, guzzling bottled green tea and following a tourist map, I navigate to the site of the bombing, passing shops, restaurants, and modern buildings along the way. Well-wishers have built statues and memorial, but a sense of hurt beneath the goodwill. Eventually, I arrive at the Hiroshima Carp Baseball Stadium across from the famous dome, Ground Zero. Circling the dome's skeletal steel frame, I snap pictures, click, wind, click. The peace bell's somber chime warns of some grim future, but Children laugh and play while standing in line to swing the striking log at its bronze body. By the mountains of paper cranes left behind by the crowds at last week's anniversary, a man asks for a donation. I give him 20 bucks and sign his list of donors. He wants to know what a physicist the main museum displays stopwatches, melted statues, and other curiosities. I enter a side building to view survivors' drawings. Most were not artists, so many pictures looked as if grade school children made them. 
However, children do not draw corpses by the river, babies at the breasts of dead mothers or victims whose clothes and even skin were burned off by the nuclear flash. The 900 paper cranes a girl with radiation-induced leukemia folded before dying fill a jar. According to folklore, she would have earned a cure if she'd made it to a thousand. So visitors fold cranes in her honor. A screen depicts the bodhisattva of compassion on one panel and a mushroom cloud on the other, implying that compassion exists even in the midst of destruction, if only you can see. I linger, wondering if I can do something, offer some assistance. Nothing comes to mind. The admission-free theater at the animation festival shows commercials for Toyota, Honda, and Sony as if buying Japanese products could atone. My presence is futile. Fleeing the city, I escape to the station where crossing bells wail like air raid salients. I board the train and return to the emotional safety of Osaka where I will clamp my mouth shut when a bearded Los Alamos scientist raises his voice to expound that America must have the will to use nuclear weapons again to a group of shocked Japanese. Most attendees don't go to Hiroshima. The few who do never see the survivors' paintings still. It's not that simple. At Himeji, between Hiroshima and Osaka, I saw the white crane castle's secret rooms. If defeated, the defenders were to hide inside and then burst out in a suicidal attack to slaughter as many victors as possible. That mindset gave us Pearl Harbor and the rape of Nanking. So yes, I would have done anything to end the war once and for all if I'd been Harry Truman. I just wish the world could be different somehow. And then the poem. The Enola Gay lies in pieces in a Washington museum while beside a shattered dome, someone contemplates knowledge's misuse and mourns the victims of humanity's folly. Much later, I wonder whether we can only find peace within our hearts. Can you hear the end of war? And then one more for you called Meditation Instruction. Even if an A-frame of chicken bones is all that's left of your last meal, and the executioner will come for you soon, settle your awareness in the here and now. Even if the turkey is still raw ten minutes before the banquet, even if you lost the winning lottery ticket and your future prosperity tumbles with pants in the dryer, practice the here and now. Even if your joke about the porn star brought a grimace to the pastor's lips, even if a fart loud as an air horn erupted at postmasters, let waves of awareness return you to the here and now. Even if your neighbor uses your lawn as his dog's toilet, even if that SUV takes two parking spaces, even if you obsess over your upcoming scene in Tarantino's film, even if your Nobel Prize acceptance speech is tomorrow, let your mind be a redwood rooted in the here and now. Even if a naked Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt calls you from the bedroom, even if a new Lamborghini gleams in the driveway and the keys are in your pocket, let your mind be an 
immovable mountain in the here and now. Even if you fantasize, this immovable mind will make you an action hero, even though this poem is only a metaphor and such a mind is impossible, even though Einstein proved that now does not exist, your here and now are enough. Thank you. Thank you, John. You're welcome. That was awesome. That war piece was opened amazing. last time as well. I think my memory's terrible, but I'm pretty sure you were on first last time. Yeah, oh. I probably, probably. I'd like to go get it over with so I can listen to everybody else without thinking what I'm going to read. You know. Yeah, that's a good way of doing it. I'm the opposite. I just wait and then panic. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I panic a bit first as well, and then I wait and then I panic. Um, Draw it out a little bit longer there, Andy. Draw yeah, it out. Exactly. There's a, there's a poem in that phrase there, Andy. Wait and panic. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Might take us a while to write it, though. Um, <laughs> who wants to go next? Yeah, I don't mind. I'll go, Andy. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Uh, okay. Um, well, I'm going to do this couple that were written sort of not quite together, but they, they go together. And uh, the first line of it actually comes from uh, a review um, from an old uh, Joe Boxers that band from the 80s, 90s, so that was a, a review of one of their gigs. Uh, anyway, I was challenged to do this because I said to one of Joe Boxers, and I said, that's a great word. Is write a poem about. So it's got American gods. Braggadocious swing rock playing, you're dancing with the sun. The stench of a broken heart prevails. There's sadness in the funeral home. The women are mourning for a once forgotten son. You may think that it doesn't have to, but the world will keep on changing, even though you stay standing still. You lost it all because you left it all. Don't you remember? Don't you recall? Fear is fiction. If it's real in your mind, it's real in the world. And you let Wednesday sneak out the front door while with death we're preoccupied. Sadness is a feeling that even a dazzle of zebras can get and a lion takes one of their young. Separate hearts that once beat in time, now one rides the elevator to an afterlife where they have to acknowledge truth before moving on. The other sitting, sighing in a cinema, watching movies made for one, retreating from reality, yellow lilies, worn white roses stepping out of the screen between ashes and diamonds and the shadow moon, gone, sometimes forgotten, but you remember where he has been, pink cotton, not your memory, but your history so long ago, the past remains in the present haunted by the hunters, when we are all different birds flying in the same, same sky, dropping out, falling down, mourning the forgotten, forgetting the morning when it all went wrong, and the flight feathers were clipped because they wanted to stop you flying, to stop you trying to be you. Control your living and control of your death 
pulling, sucking out your breath, very last breath. Honey lenders, Everest angels whispering, stop dancing, we know what you know. Looked away for a second. No when his last breath was coming. And you missed that moment in time where the music stopped and the sun went out. And that's when the beat went back in the box. Became that memory. This is a requiem for a memory. I was ambushed by an enemy I didn't know. Tomorrow was soon enough to say goodbye as the fireflies dance around the moon. Your leaving came too soon, going back to where we first met as you turned into flowers and floated off into the sky. Like Icarus returning flaming to the earth, down into the land of ice and snow, every journey starts with a single move. I thank you for the skates and dinner in your room and I acted on impulse, let you go, and I fell on my arse. You helped me up and showed me my worth. Dual fate offers so few opportunities to connect. And I opened a book with both hands, turning the pages one by one by one. Standing on ice tougher than stone, as each day passed, my bambi legs got stronger. My foibles and flaws I learned to respect. The drumbeats came and we danced until dawn and stood on the grey shore close to the tide, watching the future come in to the sea, feeling more secure than I ever believed, part of something for the first time, in it for the long haul. Remembering this, now you are gone. All right, I'm going to uh, right. do one more here. I'll keep that. This one was actually, uh, like I said, it was involved, it was the figurehead of a, a poetic sculpture made of lots of poems related to the sun in, uh, in New York this weekend in uh, Governor's Island and uh, New York Poetry uh, Society Festival or whatever like that. And it's called There Goes the Sun. We are the dust, galactic dust, heading for the end as we circle round and round and round the sun, the burning sun, burning out our lives as we destroy the ground we live on, fueled by greed, convincing ourselves that we need to dig more holes, blow up more rocks, pollute more seas, destroy, destroy, destroy. In a world where profit is the profit, where no lives matter apart from shareholders who are beholden to the profit, creating more destruction than the flaming spear, because when it burns out, when the last flicker of flame is extinguished, we will not be here to notice. By we, I don't mean you or I, I don't mean our children, maybe not theirs, but the sun will have been shining on our empty, desolate planet. Our once green and beautiful globe, the place that gave us life, the planet that mankind destroyed long after we've gone. Until it's finally run its course and burnt out, leaving the galaxy dead and barren. And even if we've migrated to Mars or anywhere else, the result in the end will be the same. All gone. We will be. Galactic dust. 
Thank y'all. Thanks, Finn. Good to see you again. Been a while. Yeah, I've been thinking we try to get back every uh, for the last few weeks, but I, I tend to limit my zooms to two a week. But I'm breaking the rule this time. I'm doing three. <laughs> Another one at midnight, half past midnight tonight. So, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but I made it. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, all right, who wants to go next? Anyone with a hand up? I'll go now. There we go. Cool. I will need to do the thing. Thing. Huh. Except for I can't, because I'm not the host. I won't go next. <laughs> um, that's arrows still kicking about. I'll take this opportunity to tell everyone about the very good news that I'm going to do the Edinburgh Fringe this year. Woohoo! Nice. Um, it's, uh, always been a, a um, since I was a young lad, always wanted, wanted to do the Fringe. And um, of course, it's going to be live, which is basically the same as you get in my room. Um, but um, yeah, it might work out. So um, I don't know, Eventbrite, I think you look on. Are we sharing? No, we're not. So uh, if you fancy, sharing uh, what, Billy? You're not, are you talking about DPCL being at Fringe, or are you doing it on your own? Uh, well, I didn't know you were doing one. Oh, okay. Uh, no, it's um, you know, um, uh, what you call them? Um, don't even know what they're called. PBH. Yeah, PBH Free Fringe. That's yeah. It. Is, that it? Is that the okay. same thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Yes, yes. Well, I'm not. There, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing, so I bet you I've done everything wrong so far. We don't know what we're doing. Yeah, ever. no, no. <laughs> I, I just get I, every time I draw something, they tell me, oh, it's all going to be square, or oh, you know, oh, oh, you can't do this, or you can't do that. So I'm a little bit, um, a little bit um, lost, to say the least. I don't think I can share the screen. Oh yeah, Aaron, can you make? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. The vehicles. Here we um, go. So I, I'm going to be doing you know, a few poems, um, and I'm also going to be having this uh, random poetizer, which I haven't uh, yet made, uh, which will be doing some um, new stuff every night, and uh, there will be the short ones. And this one is one of the short ones that I've uh, recently done, um, and it is called. Da, 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 da. You should be able to see that, and I can't yet. And this one is called. <laughs> Come on, this one is called the Eternal Dandelion. A weed has appeared on the gardener's lawn, an unwanted pest which must be withdrawn. But under the weed, there in the earth, something is glistening, something of worth. Under the weed, there in the ground, the gardener has dug up an old English pound. And under the weed, and under the pound, his spade, it's a pipe, two feet underground, a gurgling pipe, which is carrying fluid, possibly water, 
but most probably sewage. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe with its gurgling sound, he's dug up a bomb, all old and eroded, which someone has dropped but hasn't exploded. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, he's discovered the corpse of a once-alive cat, the bomb's only victim, not blown up, but flat. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat whose corpse he's uprisen, he's dug through a tunnel attached to a prison, and three eager cellmates bored with their sentence have made their escape with no plans for repentance. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, he's dug up the remains of Sir Henry Walpole, who'd died whilst avoiding the Battle of Flodden, and whose burial site has long been forgotten. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, and under the remnants of Sir Henry Walpole, he's dug up a stone on which it was written, the original rights to rule ancient Britain, which when translated by history scholars, gives marital rule to wives and their daughters. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, and under the night and the feminist rule, he's dug up the skull of a dinosaur's head after making quite sure that it is still dead. A Jurassic lizard, long-necked and colossal, which once lived off plants, but is now just a fossil. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, and under the night and the feminist rule, and under that skull of some brontosaur, he's dug up a lump of platinum ore, which seems to be stuck in a rock in the ground, and so he's decided to further dig round. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, and under the night and the feminist rule, and under the skull and the platinum ore, he's dug up and found a rare meteor, which contained the microbes which caused life to begin four billion years earlier, give or take a million. And under the weed, and under the pound, and under the pipe and that bomb that he's found, and under the cat and the prisoner's hole, and under the night and the feminist rule, and under the skull and the platinum ore, and under the rock which has started it all, he's dug and found a lump of lava, which has shot up and fired him up. Oh, what a palaver. And over the weeds, and over the pound, and over the pipe and that bomb that he found, and over the cat and the prisoner's hole, and over the night and the feminist rule, and over the skull and the platinum ore, and over the rock and the lava uproar. He looked down upon to the earth's core and dies from the thought of digging some more. And when it cooled down and the volcano stopped, on that mountain he'd made by his grave they then topped, over the weed and over the pound, and over the pipe and that bomb that he found, and over the cat and the prisoner's hole, and over the night and the feminist rule, and over the skull and the platinum ore, and over the rock and the fiery earth's core, it's inside the coffin where he is interred under six foot of earth, where a weed is reared. Very cool.
Thanks very much. I'll send I'll send a link. I, I don't know if this is going to be the link, but I'll send a link to this event. You know. And you can just be a stars if I've got it right, because I really don't know anything about event right. I've learned it all today. Event right is a pain in the ass. It's a, well, tell me about it. <laughs> I had to use it for the frit or for the fridge this last time, and it was such a nightmare. So I don't know. Anyway, there there is a possible link. So are you doing the same thing then? Well, yeah, I guess this is a good as good of a time as any to announce. I mean, we sort of announced this before, but I guess like in the last week we have been like and w CPCL I, Andy, when did we get the sort of acceptance notice? It was <laughs> I want to say like last Thursday night or something. Yeah, so like not I mean it's just been in the past week. Um, yeah. So, like, if I remember the plans correctly, <laughs> like the um, when Pam and Andy and I discussed how we were gonna do the CPCL at the Fringe, um, we're gonna do it every Saturday that they're during the Fringe, every week. Um, at, so every Saturday night at eight p.m. Um, what's it called? British summertime, yeah. <laughs> and then there are two extra episodes. It wasn't that, so that was right. So the the Saturday nights are just going to be open mic. Correct me, Pam yep. or Andy, yeah, if yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. And then then there's two. Is there two other dates or just one other date? Where yeah. We're so do... the the other one's just like a normal Wednesday, like our our normal CPCL, like this. Um, and then the other one we're gonna have feature sets from like maybe three performers from each of the previous open mics. It's going to be like some kind of voting system. Right. Where, like, yes. The audience members can can vote like their favorite. So, yeah, and... the Saturday the Saturday ones are going to be which we try to get we, like we, it's cute. It's stuff. three minute sets, 33 people, three minute sets. Three people are yeah. chosen to be part of the finale where they all get nine people get nine minute sets. So it's yep. Three, three, yeah. lots of threes and lots of nines. <laughs> and voting. Right. So the, people love to vote. So like the finale, the finale Saturday is going to be like the people who progress on to, right? Is yeah. That... yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, okay. I love how Pam remembers the most details and she's the one that yeah. looks the most. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just numbers. <laughs> uh, no, it's exciting how, though because how do we get people. How do we get involved in this zone? Um, okay, so there, I just, I actually literally lit, like legit just made the Eventbrite link for this yesterday because I didn't know that we needed an Eventbrite. So let me go on FB where I sent the I've link. done it. Okay, done cool. It. You can put cool. it in chat. Still add it on me. Today, just like also literally like two, uh, two hours, be like what, when I went online to make the Zoom link for this show, I got the acceptance for me and AJ to do the, the <gasps> Adventures of Cougar and Runaway Lady. <laughs> Rad. <laughs> so our plan 
at the moment is for AJ to come to Glasgow and we're going to like actually use the Glasgow Uni's theater department's theater to record it and put like all the sort of like remember we had all those images that were background behind us yeah yeah so we're gonna have like a tech guy there to like put those on behind us while we're reading I don't know exactly how theatrical of a performance we're gonna give like that sort of remains to be seen in terms of like the theater space and what AJ and I feel like but um that's the plan so then we're gonna record it and send and that's what we're gonna send to fringe people as that's the plan now I don't know I just got the acceptance today so like I've got to find out from them so yeah uh thank you so much Beth yeah like I'm really psyched to have that particular play like at that poem go somewhere so and like AJ's performance is such a fucking powerhouse so hopefully when we get into theater I can kind of like um amp up or broaden my performance to match hers because <laughs> i feel like when we do it online i'm always nervous about like the logistics of switching the yeah. like switch the whatever like the backgrounds and all that kind of crap but we still have the music that uh, morgan gear made that we're gonna and alex miller that we're gonna use in the background so no I haven't read the email yet. So I'll obviously I'll be making an Eventbrite link and I'll what I think we should do just off the top of my head now is that we should probably like cuz Beth aren't you doing fringe stuff as well? I am. I've just said to Andy, <laughs> I think I might be the I might be the next to follow for this. There's a there's a reason um why I'm particularly happy and that is that um Two of the guest readers for my book launch are in the steam room right now, mm. which makes me really happy. Um, so um, I don't have books yet. I do have postcards. Whoa! Look how shiny they are! That's your boy taking the pictures. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not, wearing, I'm not wearing my t-shirt. That's a shockingly remiss state of affairs. It's because it's packed <laughs> over there. So yes, my book is out in like soon. Um, there's no pre-order because I'm not going to be here. It's, it's purely practical. <laughs> mm-hmm. They are they are in Gloucestershire right now, coming back up the motorway probably <coughs> tomorrow to be delivered to Faith. So um, I've got to wait until I get home from my little uh, trip to go and pick those up. But yes, um, my book launch is going the digital part of my book launch is going to be part of pbh free fringe and i absolutely uh chuffed to something i really can't think of a better word to say that i have two guest readers for that evening and they are Anne atkins and aj mckenna and we are also going to be treated i hope to a story from stilly because more oh. people need more silly uh silly <laughs> silliness in their lives um and I'm, um I haven't told you which one I'd like yet. That should be entertaining. Um, <laughs> I have a, I have a request purely because I think um, yeah that we needs to be a little bit clean. Um, just just <laughs> clean. I was saying, one yeah, swear um, word. One swear whatever. No, it's, <coughs> it's not no, just I the words. If, if you use them a lot, it? people stop noticing. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. You do it once. <laughs> <laughs> it's like gone with the wind. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so uh, What If Stars will be is, is technically going to be out in like a couple of days, but it's I'm not actually going to be able to ship them for like another week. It's going to be just torturous, just the way it's fallen out. Well, so um, what I think we probably do is we'll send like I I can't I can't remember the date, but it's <laughs> before that date, I will like we'll when we get all our Eventbrite links together we'll send a link to all the CPCL mailing yeah. list so that everybody knows. But um, so there's, so if I'm not mistaken, there's a Wednesday where we can all just come and read, but then also like if whatever Saturday that us regulars that you can come like do, and then hopefully move, we'll like move on to the lightning round or whatever it was like we were just trying to come up with like a like sort of playful or more original like yeah no it's a, it's a fun idea so do. yeah like a, the um i have put my link tree in the chat but tickets for the the launch is the 25th of august tickets are not available until after the first of august and that's purely just to keep that was partly because like you i was having so much shit with eventbrite it was driving me bananas couldn't figure out what i was supposed to be doing and so i was just like i'm just not gonna set it to open for like a week so that i can fiddle with it for a week and figure out where i've got it getting it right because it was annoying me so much and also because i actually don't have physical product yet yeah <laughs> um i just have these shiny babies um and I will go and put my t-shirt on in a minute, um, just for fun. But hold on, because the art is so gorgeous, I had to just put it on stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, while... Oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, Bess. Oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say, I'm doing uh, another gig at the Fringe as well. I'm doing a slot at the uh, Four Books Sate. Uh, Fantasy Fringe Online Summer Shindig um, with uh, Brown Girl in the Ring and uh, Rosie Garland, which I'm really, really chuffed about it because I do like Rosie's stuff. Um, she's great. And uh, so yeah. Up, man. So that's, um, <laughs> that's on the 20th of August. And I actually. So I should write that down so I don't schedule us on that yeah. day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can, can I have that printed on something? There we go. Oh, that's great. Hi. Yay. See, so, lovely Mel, who is here tonight, designed us a wonderful T-shirt for, for the Right Club that we did. And um, when I when I got my when I ordered my T-shirt, I got a voucher for my Neil Cut Street shirt, and I was like, yeah, I could put that on a T-shirt. So I did. <laughs> For nice. no other reason than because I can. And then yeah. it seemed like a bad idea at the time. In fact, it was so nice. I got a t shirt and a hoodie as well. <laughs> I'm weird, eh? But the, the hoodie is, I've got it as a back print look. And it looks really cool. And it smells yeah. awesome. Am I going on holiday wearing my own merch? Yes, yes, I am. I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it would see a question though. If I put those. If I put these on on my big cartel, would people want them, or is that really really weird? I, I, I don't, don't think know it's what... weird. I, I think um... I'd have one just because it's because <laughs> it's, 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 it's my fault. Mate, that's right. <laughs> 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 I 
yeah i'm really i'm it i'm really excited that andy took the original photograph and my friend james a social sniper uh, did the graphic design and it's it's so pretty i want to cry it's just it's so shiny and it makes me happy every day so yeah i'm really looking forward to to launching this this pc at you and uh, seeing what you think on that note fast you want to go next um yeah um, okay oldies i think mostly oldies but goodies for you tonight um i I want to read you something of mine that actually got published earlier on in the year, but um, my mum has taken this to heart um, and, and made me a dress inspired mm. by this poem. So um, I'm going to be probably wearing that for my book launch because hell, why not, right? So this is called The Mermaid's Disquisition. You're, uh, so the prompt was, uh, you're standing in a terracotta city. A mermaid appears and hands you an essay. I am not washed up, but dried out. On this baked dry plain, the earth cracked beneath my feet, my feet cracked beneath my limbs, my limbs cracked beneath a body craving water. The facade is as Petra, carved and caved, moulded and smoothed by hand and wind, cut to shape until I reach the gate. and see fissures running stem to stern, the binding showing through. The daub is drier than my skin, and I am growing crusted in this. From this bad land rises one who does not belong. Her lines belong to the shore, her tail to the depths. Before I can wonder, she hands me woven pages, threads of dulcet glass, and I look her in the eye. I have been here too long, she rasps. It is too late for me. Please, I beg you, traveller, I wrote this for you to see. My carapace is forming, and soon I will be no more. But this here is my treatise on why this must be sore. As I stare, I see the sea skin forming further, she will become encased. I start to read and she is gone, her words unravelling before me until I no longer feel the parch, and the sea tangle given washes over me. We have not learned the sea, it says, we have only taught the land. It is time to let the water back and inundate the sand. Drained and drawn, depleted, we are the leechers all. My mind reading words, unleashing floods, washing away the cracks and earth, creaking, crashing into the waves and swell. The surge lifts me away. The silt rinsing off me, my moisture level lifting on the crest. My lasting memory will be thick of thin and scale in the corner of my eye. A mermaid's purse of words with a handful of red sand. Where are you? I can't actually see you because I'm having to read off my computer tonight because everything's packed. Let's see. I'm pretty sure, again, that I've read this before, but um, it's pertinent, given that today I've done my last shift in a job for, uh, before I go to bed. It's called The Limescale Life. I don't wait to be let in. I've got a key. All the codes, the doors, and no need to ring. My feet are feeling older than every other part by the time I reach your section of the week. 
I'm collecting up the socks, the bins, and my complaints into the pocket of an apron that I'll forget to wash, and it will have to wait until the next instalment of this saga rolls around. So I'll be bringing on the blue stuff, because nobody else can, but she doesn't like the formations of toothpaste around the rim. These words are concreted history, and I might be falling down into the plug holes and the drains of just one more thing before I leave, I barely know the sound of my own words as I walk home. It started out as freedom. Now it feels like something else. Secrets I'm keeping like extra skins I've grown cut me. Count the rings. And layers made of worrying takes more than surfactants to rid me of these marks. It's time to break this. Dissolve my bond and make some new connections and different rings around me. Time to separate and dream. Hope that I can find something that will love me back, but not take my nerves for souvenirs. So that I don't feel as married to my work. And um, in the spirit of uh, this is my last one for tonight, but in the spirit of uh, the um, nice neighbours poem that some of you might remember from when I was first at CPCL. Um, this is my poem of protest against the, um, really the idiocy of my local council, who have put a five page um, planning order on a giant fake mug on the side of a pub that some artist has drawn a beautiful, it really is lovely, sketch of uh, from Alice in Wonderland on. Made, it's made of a recycled thermal thing that the pub had. It's <laughs> we're filing it under the um, under the label Keep Ely Weird. Um, so this is called There Are 104 Potholes in the Avenue. Walking. I hug hedges to save my coat, my clothes from the spray of another day on the avenue. The bent misshapen tree of her Fitted by a thousand trucks, the pavement shores a shale scudding under my feet. Run to neglect, the road catches feet and children in watery pits. New tarmac already rutted, rivers running through the cracks, underground rivers. Slip past the last remaining cherry trees, blossoms scattering like a wedding abandoned due to rain. It fills. Rock pools showing the strata of urban growth it used to be considered an aspirational address until the splits broke open and what was shared was abused, but still they do not listen. There is no pride, only pity, and this city does not seem to care. In the rain they fill up, in depths in this backstreet backwater. We could slip into potholes through portals and they would never notice. And can I have um, Benland um, Old Killer No Thriller Bees written on something? <laughs> Are those potholes as deep as Stilly's uh, dandelion? Uh... Not, not quite, but there is seriously one at the front of the avenue which you could sink a manhole cover in. Like, oh. it's, it's about... I mean, you could... You, somebody's going to lose... A, you know, some kid's going to fall in and hurt themselves. 
somebody's going to lose a pushchair or a kid or an old lady's feet or something in there. I am going to start to document them soon um, and just report. There's an online reporting tool and I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to be a nuisance. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not safe. It's an old road. It was, it's about 90, 90 odd, nearly 90 years old. Um, and they're, they're not, you know, it wasn't built when people had cars. And so it gets battered, absolutely battered to bits because it's not big enough, really. Um, but it's so, so bad. I didn't dare go out when it's raining. It is like there's some kind of tidal system happening in places, I'm sure of it. So yeah, I'm just gonna annoy the council. So are your town councils similar to like uh, mayor and city council here in America? Is it the same, same thing equivalent or are they different? Maybe I don't know enough about the comparison. Oh, I'm just wondering about the town councils and all that kind of stuff in the in the UK. If it's similar to a city council in America or a mayor and municipal government and stuff. I feel like the city council is collapsed with the municipal government, mm. like here. I, I don't know. They're, I don't think they're elected. Yes. Yeah, so where where I am, there is a town council because we are we have a market charter and yeah. cathedral city council. But but I'm talking about um, the the borough more. I don't want to name it. Obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm talking about the sort of small cluster area where I live, and that will be looking after the roads where I live. Well, maybe if you just bought them lion bars, that might convince them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you a link now to eat, to the big mug. We send them pots of noodles or something. I don't know. It'll, yeah. <laughs> or maybe you could put the pots of noodles in the in the in the in the, in the holes in the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> street ramen, whole other thing. Yeah, I mean those noodles can't be very edible, but you know, you put them in fill the rows, it might work. Find or you, I'll find you a link to the, to the marshmallows or like but you'd have to spend money on that that would be like you well anyways yeah um so i i don't know i'm just gonna weave in does anybody want to go next we have i think we should have one more person we'll take a break how does that sound for everybody yeah okay Coolio. does anybody want to go next I only have one poem, so I could go. It's, I mean, I don't care. I think AJ just put her hand up. Okay, cool. AJ, go. I can't. Everybody's at speaker view, so I should probably turn that off. Gallery. There we go. I was, I was just saying, if you want to go, that's that's fine too. I can wait till the next half. You want to open the second half? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I only have one, so. Um, and, and I picked it sort of specifically because I, right now, am in my childhood bedroom. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll speak a little softer, softly. This is this room is like where I lost my virginity. Wow. Um, my parents are downstairs. And so, see that window by the peacock lamp? That window features 
in this poem. Ooh. <laughs> it's called. So Aaron, poem. are your parents downstairs listening to Mutiny Radio? They're not listening to Mutiny Radio now. They're watching. Okay. CN- they're watching CNN as per uh, usual. Okay. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is called Rapunzel Gutter. <laughs> this is called Rapunzel Gutter Slut. <laughs> The main thing is to make sure. You... Oh shit! I'm feedbacking. I don't really know why. Um, well, it, I, there's nothing I can do about that. Okay. The main thing is to make sure you keep quiet when you creep in between my house and the neighbors. Wait. Wait. From the window drops the knotted sheets. I've tied them together, untested. You climb up. The wall, like Peter Pan, doesn't know how to fly. My tiny arms hold the rope. Your boots scrape the bricks. Falling upwards, such a light dust crumbles into hormones. Keep the faith, brother. I am strong. How nimble as you navigate the window. Your shoes are the first thing to go. I am giving you a free ride. Excuse me, a free pass. To the light, God, there's a joint. Or here's a joint, half smoked. Here's some houses of the holy, half loud. Now, will you let me come on you? Come on you. Always spell it C-O-M-E, because you are arriving to yourself and me. I will do my That's my poem. I just think it's awesome I just read that poem in this room right now. Anyway, let's go now. We can take a break, and I'm going to go get ice for my water because it's freaking hot here. It's like 96 degrees. So, anyways. Oh, 96 degrees, right. and that's Celsius. It must be hot. That means we'll be back here on Mutiny Radio. I will unplug the group so that they can talk amongst themselves no problem we're gonna be back in about 10 minutes with more choose poetry choose life from mutiny radio here uh enjoy some sunk more sunk while we're uh doing that this is bed cat their new album bed cat from sunk
jacket. So yeah, yeah so I, I went straight from knitting Andy's hat. To <laughs> yeah, so look, I'll show you. There you go. Nice. Oh. Wow. Well, no, okay. Be careful now. What we're saying is being broadcast. We're back. You're listening Good thing Aaron's to. Parents aren't listening. CPCL, Choose Poetry, Choose Life, here on MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. We're back from the break. I think that at the beginning of CPCL, my mom did show up to one, and there was, like, too much queer stuff, and she freaked out and, and, like, left. That's exactly what we want. I know. Yeah. We want to to freak people out. out. If you're freak outable, that's what we want. Yeah. That's of elimination. <laughs> okay, so the next person to go to open our second set is a the awesome and inimitable AJ McKenna. Please take a break. Out. So I'm gonna do two poems. Uh, one of them is new. One of them is kind of old. Um, I'm gonna do the new one first. This is a poem called The Devil and the Shame, and it's for my friend Neela Gupta, who passed away last month. Sometimes I think I would trade never having lived for the knowledge that none would be hurt by my passing. That's what I hate about death, the way it hurts those left behind. Sometimes I think it's love as much as death I hate. Shame's shadow, Paulie said. Love really is the devil. Strikes the bargain, takes its weight in pain, will not be cheated however you try. To love someone is to accept their death will make you cry big ugly tears. Will close off a part of your world, choke the future you just yesterday imagined, drown you in a room where everyone is breathing freely. And you nod and smile and do not ask for oxygen because you mustn't be a bother and to surface is to inundate the others, but the same will happen if you wait to drown. Love gets you both ways. There is no escape. Mm. And... The uh, second poem I'm going to do is a poem I wrote um, round about the time that I actually met Neela, um, which I haven't done for a while. Um, and I was talking to some people who were at the same event. Um, and I just I felt like looking it up, which has taken me a while because uh, I no longer have a copy of the pamphlet that it's in, so I've had to track it down online. Uh, This is a poem uh, which fairly obviously uh, owes a fairly heavy debt to uh, Gil Scott Heron. It's called My Revelation Will Not Be Trivialized. I am not a TV. I am not available in Sony widescreen, flat screen, high definition 3D. I am not something for you to gawp at from the comfort of your cis-normative settee, starring Jared Leto or Chloe Sevigny. 
I don't pour forth bile at people lightly, nightly. I am not a TV. I am going through a big switchover, but it did not take place in 2012, thanks to my uh, CCG, which is still batting me between them and the GIC. And it was not digital entirely. I am not a TV. I am not a CD. I am not exactly long enough to hold Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. I contain so much more. I am not a CD, though I have allowed a lady with a laser to unlock me, firing her beams into my pits and grooves, re-editing my data, remixing me into what I want to be. But I am not a DAT, a mini disc, an MP3, a DVD, a PS3, or Nintendo Wii, and I am not a CD. I am not a TF. My life is not a wasteland waiting for the touch of Fisher Kings, though I have seen death undo so many. Andrea, Brenda, Mariah, Estrella, Myra, Faith, Amanda, and all those with no ID. Sweet ladies who were never bad good night and had time called in spite of how they hurried, but who were more in their time than Elliot's tired seer, more than his Rhinegold borrowings and sophistries alive, undoing death with every step across the bridge from one state to another. I may wind up measuring my life in every dose of HRT, but T.S is not a label that you get to pin on me. And I am not a TG. I am not a droid, a replicant, a Nexus 3. I am not a minor character from STTNG. I am not a space oddity. There is nothing futuristic about me. Those who live like me are found throughout your history. Herculean Baba, the Chevalier d'Or, the priests of Attis, Elogabalus, the Amazons, Maul Cutpurse, Jan Morris, Lily Elbert, Christine J, Nong Tum, Wendy Carlos, Leah T, Lynn Conway, without whom I couldn't type on this PC. But there's nothing futuristic about me. I am not a label. I am not a category. My only initials are AJ, and you will respect that about me. But if you come for me with labels intended to dehumanize, to delegitimize my trajectory, to project your own lack of humanity on me, I will change your channel. Make your tracks skip. Rewrite your past and your future the way you want to edit me. So if you please, respectfully, hear and acknowledge me. I am not a TV, a CD, a TS, or even ATG. I am AJ. I am me. Thank you. Uh, just, I'm... Um, 
putting a link in the chat now, uh, which is a gig that I did uh, last weekend um, at Alphabet Theatre. Um, the link is still live, so uh, if you want to, you can you can watch that. Um, I do two poems. Uh, Matt Miller and Tamina Ali, who are two other brilliant Newcastle poets, they're on there as well. And there's a whole bunch of people from uh, Wordsmiths of Kuching, which is a Borneo-based spoken word group. Um, their stuff is really, really, really good as well. Uh, it's about an hour long. Um, yeah, um, links in the chat now. So uh, thank you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Cheers. AJ, you know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna save this chat because we've been sharing lots of links, and then I'll just like mm. I'll clean up like whatever like is like mistype like not mistypes. I'm not gonna edit anybody, but you know what I mean. I'll clean it up and um send the links out after the show so that we can all like I know saving the chat sometimes you forget you did it. It goes into some immediate like automatic file and you don't know anyways. So yeah, um I'll make sure I save the chat for everybody so we can because I definitely did want to see that but that was my uncle's the funeral the day of yeah. my uncle's funeral so oh god uh, yeah yeah right. um, <laughs> so the last uh, thing you need is poetry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways okay so next we have I don't know if this is Mel's first time but welcome Mel I like woo hi um so I don't I can't I don't know it's been yeah I can't I don't keep track really but I I feel like it may be your first time here but anyways, hello, Mel, and take it away. Oh, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna take this piece, and um, I hope I think it's called "Songs I've Ever Written Since I Was 21." Um, content warning. You're really quiet. Am yeah, I? could you? Yeah, it's hard yeah, to hear you. Turn up low. Is that any better? I think it's um, an old computer, and it's terrible. Uh, is, is this any better? No. My computer, hang on. Got it. There is you that go. better? Yay! Yeah. Good job. Yay. Okay, right. I'm putting my headphones back on. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, bloody technology. Um, okay, so this is this is called Count the Seconds. Count the seconds. The hand on the clock ticks loudly. An open-mouthed, deep intake of breath, hard and blunt, hitting the lungs, demanding counsel in the body. A summoning of all the courage, pulled from every single cell and conscripted into service for this, the telling. Then exhale. Forced eviction of all doubt and censorship from my very being, long and low and steady. It makes that sound you used to. It makes that sound you used to like when you were a kid, mimicking the wind. The story is ready. Are you? I know this is going to be hard to hear, and equally hard to tell. But if you take my hand, I'll be there for you. Forgiveness is a thing that's easier to ask other people for. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for being inconsiderate. I'm sorry for not being the thing in your expectation. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But I'm asking myself for forgiveness. Forgiveness for things that were not my fault. I went to a therapist once and she asked me if I could talk to my teenage self, what would I say? 
After a long pause and great consideration, I told her that I'd tell me that it wasn't my fault, that I wasn't the one to blame. The things I thought she wanted to hear, the therapist, not teenage me. Truth is, I know I'd still blame me, claim all responsibility in the way that I did back then and carry it. It's not teen me that needs this conversation. It's this version of me right here and now. My first time in a nightclub, I was 13 and five months. I didn't drink alcohol or smoke at first. It didn't take long though, only a few months. And then it was bottled cider and silk cut cigarettes, sneakily consumed in the bus as we crossed the border north into south where no one would know us, boldly eyeing the soldiers as they walked the aisle looking for things I never understood. In those days, I'd not back the bottles and get drunk on just three, spend the next few hours playing sober, relentlessly flirting with older guys. Translation, with men. I never said much to any of them. I wasn't looking for conversation. At 13, I let myself be taken into back alleyways behind the nightclub for a kiss, a grope, a fumble, nothing else. I was lucky. Then at 14 in a neighbour's house, she was mouthy and opinionated, staunchly devoted to sectarian lines, warned me about mixing with the other side. She let me smoke in her living room. One Saturday evening, a cocky young man in a blue tracksuit, bright white trainers, bought with the money he got in a compensation claim for whiplash, was sat on the sofa chain smoking. His feet crowned in a halo of beer cans, cigarette in hand, pointed at me, narrowed his eyes and asked, I'd ever seen one. His words, crass and proud of their street-learned roots, I shook my head and blushed, wanted to be anywhere else in that moment. The relentless petitioning began. Did I want to see it, touch it, promising an experience I would never forget. They turned the lights off to make it easier. I'd been sitting on the floor and now curled up in fetal position, waiting for, the, for boredom to find them. He rubbed his naked penis on my naked arm and I tried not to. But I opened my eyes for just a second. Quickly, I shut them tight. The image of him imprinted on my memory forever. I never went back. At 15, I won my first boyfriend, someone finally interested in me. I went from the bully's target practice to having some credit. Finally, there was a space between them and me. They left me alone. We went from kissing and holding hands to naked in my bedroom, bravado with candlelight, incense and romance. Music taking up all the awkward spaces my teenage body wasn't confident about. Sunday night in April, mum downstairs watching her favourite programmes on our tiny TV. Her laughter could be heard in my room. We lay on top of the covers. Me in a button-up tea dress, spattered with tiny white flowers, curled up cat-like at his side. A calculated, submissive gesture, wanting to excel in playing the good girlfriend. He moved to kiss me. Our favourite song playing, a familiar intimacy. I tried to tell him no, we couldn't, but he didn't hear my objections. They were quiet. I didn't want to draw too much attention to them. I regretted my favourite dress. In the aftermath, he cried, ashamed of what we'd done, what he'd done. Made a bargain that silence would be our saviour. A week later, he told me he'd been to see a priest, consumed by horror, Needing absolution, disbelief raged in me. I couldn't even write it in my diary. But he was forgiven. I kept the silence promise we made. 
made excuses for his crimes and all crimes committed in the years that followed. I was a factory second, broken and damaged. His food bank parcels of love were all I deserved. When the day came that he found someone else to love instead of me, I found a way to numb the pain. I embraced all medicated ills my body gave me. Spent years removing myself from the touch of others, only giving myself when I thought I could be used. Opioid pill packets stacked neatly in my kitchen cupboard, up high, out of reach of tiny hands and prying eyes. I get awful migraines, became a comfort. My head still gets plagued and it would be so easy to slip into the bliss of that warm wool sensation, disappearing into the abyss of not having to feel. Choose to cry now and feel the pain. Dear child, you never thought you'd make it this far. You've carried it for long enough. It's time to lay it down and rest. For all the reasons you'll never be able to qualify, it's okay to say, I forgive me. I forgive me. Thank you so much. <laughs> is that the first time that you've done that one? Oh, great what a good debut <laughs> um, all right thank you so much for coming along to ppcl um and i guess i know mel from we performed at the scratch theater in belfast before the plague <laughs> um so that was awesome um and and that night everybody was crying in the audience too when mel performed um so, I guess, I don't know, Ken? Or no, it's Leslie next. Sorry, I'm like, God, it was just a five minute ago conversation. Leslie, yeah. it's, it's her birthday. birthday. Yeah. Yay, happy birthday. Thank <laughs> 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 right. you. Oh, no, I don't want to add Spotlight. Wait, sorry. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> You're lovely, but we're putting on Leslie now. <laughs> That's oh, not Leslie. Hey, I'm on the spotlight. Yeah, so uh, I have three, three new ones, pretty much new. Um, new shit. Yeah, new shit. <laughs> yeah, this this one I'm about to read. Um, I I had the habit of uh, e emailing myself poems just for whatever reason, and um, and I know that I have a a lot that that remain unfound, but I found this one from like. A while back and it was in draft form and it had a title and everything it was all set to go and i just rediscovered it so this is it's really cool feeling this one's called the swimmer we forget it all all which is learned to begin again the forgetting and the not remembering the exact shape and form of what it was but added to that the more as deep as tree roots as me suddenly having jumped into a body of water strange to me and me cautious throwing that away the fear of an earlier form of me not sure of letting go the water now above my head and kissing the blessing that is the sky not a threat for I am swimming, released into the element. And what then, submerged now, begin the toil of swimming to a shore I'm not sure will be there, 
submit to the water, whether a dark blue or the turquoise of the southern islands, an embryo again, or another form unknown to us, these land animals which we are? What if to float, releasing up to the air to breathe, to look, to see if there is land which is in reach, and reach and reach for it awkwardly, or with grace, maybe arriving, to crawl on eager knees and make my way as I need and perhaps want now on dry land. So there's that. And then, thank you. The next one is called, um, uh, yeah, I'll go to this one. <laughs> this one is homage to um, Luis Bunuel, who is a surrealist filmmaker from quite some time ago. And he's responsible for two very wonderful film titles. One of them is The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, which is an amazing title. And the other one is uh, That Obscure Object of Desire. So this poem is sort of a riff on that. Um, and it's The Obscure Object of Desire. There is an emptiness in desire that stares you down unflinching. You await the gaze, not looking, but ahead of it is understood not to look, understanding not looking. Indirect, you see that it is you wavering. Desire remains, you there wavering, unsure the exact location of this desire or that which you call it. You waver in the why not. If you dance, the sudden movement jars it loose, this desire, attached to the hip, to pause, wiggle the toes, but only those fourth and fifth, and to the left. It is, it is a sensation you are unprepared for as it attaches your desire to the cords of the neck, the tickle now sudden in your throat, unreachable, a giggle perhaps rises up from the toes, the sensation to sneeze gripped upon you when you don't care to sneeze just now, or you can't. You will not allow this further down, you simply will not permit it, this desire to slide the length of the gullet and hit, jarring the senses like a bump in the night portion of you that says boo, that spot, quiet enough to be perfunctorily there, assuredly there, the spot, but nonetheless unexpected and not spoken of, that spot. You certainly do not expect it to shout, after all, inconvenient if you are in public. What do you call this? I know what I think and will not name it because I know better, and I know that I simply do not understand enough to have the words to call it better. I know that I am not in control, never that, and I never was. We live with this, the, this nameless consideration. I could call it anything. I could call it lunch, but it, my desire, would not sit with me and eat or even talk. Not a polite exchange, nothing polite, nothing close, gibberish at best. The toes on the other foot, the one second from the right and third in from the left, rather has this understood, the curling, the curling of these two toes is when you know you have arrived close enough to desire that you can at least relax momentarily and just be. <laughs> There's that. This, this is what I just did. And it's really, for me, it's odd. So I don't quite know what to make of it. Um, it's sort of titled and sort of not, I think it's called, um, the animate saturated. 
sodden, we have been rained on too much, not yet liquid, not yet soaked to the finest despair, the tips of us, the farthest extremities, the core value, dry. It will take over only the slow baking in the night oven to make us plump up, rising to full volume, the night yet noisy with possibilities of who to blame, assigning fault, the assessment of damage. I argue the oven did not explode and splatter us across the walls of the kitchen. You asked me if you could paint it white when I asked you in response, whatever could be wrong with pistachio green? The questions, sincere in nature, I realize on both sides. It is a ploy, the dampness seeping in, the bricks, the walls now slippery wet with the growth of spores inside. I have promised you I will not yet turn liquid, no matter how hard it rains in this desert, the rain to bounce on the pavement so hard, the velocity as it hits pavement to ricochet, reach itself upward, no longer as liquid, but forming as ice white, which does not absorb heat, yet reflect the kitchen to remain unwarm and us not yet dried out, not absorbing the warmth of embrace in the night kitchen. It is magic, the witch that is needed, the formula which parts skies, cleaving valleys, forming cliffs, burrows of thought there in the place where there was too much thinking that was done. It is enough and it is time to wave your goodbyes, to leave this island for the mainland, walk across the imagined straits, the passage that was on foot rather than swim this time. I myself will get no more wet than I am now, sodden in, in the missing of staying when it, is, when it is time to leave. I listen with my lungs and close my eyes and I am one gone from this night kitchen. So that's it for me. Yay, kitchen. And Shannon below. <laughs> Did you have a good birthday night last night? Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I always have fun, Aaron. You know, like there's not a there's not a moment in my life where I'm not having fun. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to get back into the UK, so I can't stay. I can't stay the same for the last 24 hours. But whatever. <laughs> You'll resume. I'm of that. I'm sure. Hopefully. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Um. So yeah. So thanks for coming. And I know it's off. So do that. You want to say hey to Ken? Um. So I guess Ken. I went hi, here. Ken. Hi, uh, hello. How are you? <laughs> right. Uh, let's see what we're going to do. I'm going to start off with this one, uh, which is called Carpe Diem. Mm. Seize the day, the saying goes, although it turns out not a good translation of what Horace meant in his 11th ode. I googled it. It's the one we've come to know, though, are encouraged to obey. But before you heed its exhortation, pray Consider this for me. Not every day may welcome being seized. Imagine if a stranger were to grab you, drag you out the door and hog your whole existence, insist you dance their tune till you're worn through. Does that sound fair to you? Or does suddenly this carpe diem lark seem less heroic, more 
me too. For what it's worth, then, here's my pitch. This poem's big idea. Ease off on the seizing, eh? Instead, invite the day. Knock at its door and ask politely if it's coming out to play. Sound like a plan? Yes? No? Unsure? Well, think about it and get back to me, okay? It's up to you. You're free to choose. But as you do so, mind, days have their ways. A few will let you set the whole agenda, do whatever you find pleasing, stay to spoon you, listen to your breathing deepen as you catch up on lost sleep. Urge on stuff you neither need nor can afford because, like you, they're in denial, on board for anything to drown out the abysmal, ever-present howl of existential dread. Statistically, a spread may turn up dressed for heavy weather, dog in tow. If so, please know this is the dog's day, not your own. Dude, it's the rules. <laughs> the way days are accounted for. Every dog has one. Don't go on about your shoes being ruined or muddy paw prints on your coat. Be grateful. Switch your phone off. Throw the ball. Some will want you simply to be there for them. Sat on a hard chair in a blank corridor with a three-year-old copy of Practical Caravanner staring emptily at the easy crossword while they have their cancer treatment. And as you'll probably have learned already, some days do the seizing, wrestle you to a submission, slam you to that sweaty canvas, overcome you, count you out. I hope for you those days are few. If you're lucky, though, you'll chance, perhaps no more than just the once, upon a day content to walk beside you, little finger crooked in yours, not saying much, not needing to, half hiding a shy smile. Seize the day, the saying goes. You may choose to obey it, but whichever way you play it, there is one thing you should know. No matter how secure your grasp, nor how assertively you've staked that claim, eventually you will have to let go. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, this next poem um, is a memory of a very particular moment, a particular day, quite a long time ago, and a particular person. It's called In Julie's Room. I can remember everything but the undressing bit. My fingers know no lingering ghosts of buttons, clasps, shoelaces, zips, of whether we helped one another out of layers, into love. I'd like to think we did. Strange not to retain the choreography of how we came to know ourselves as us at last, rejoiced in, understood, You'd think I would, that I could call the process readily to detail's grateful eye, as with all that passed between us on that autumn afternoon in Julie's room. Julie, who we barely knew. A music student, wasn't she? Someone you'd met at college. A friend, you said, though from the way she'd tilt her head and gaze at you, I thought it plain she harboured quiet hopes of being more. Called away by work, she'd let us stay sat on the floor, 
playing her records, Holst, Debussy, Talking Low or, or Not At All, and sipping schnapps, fire in a glass, bright apple red. We used her bed, consigned our shinets to its loose, untidy wind of sheets to catch us as we fell each to the other, then to sleep for, oh, a drifted hour or so, till waking, dry-mouthed, tousled, awestruck at our own audacity and fearing her return, we fled, snuck out like thieves, ran headlong for the bus, left Julie to discover the forensic truth of us. On the top deck into town, we huddled, clung as if the world might any minute fall away, tongues humbled, stunned and stumbling over how we'd ever find the words to fit the way we felt, no, better, knew ourselves to be. Free, unburdened, broken with the past, all calendars recalibrated, all we'd known with others rendered null, and we new minted by a paradox that still bewilders me. Does it you too? Our making love made virgins of us both that afternoon in Julie's room. Thank you very much. I've got one more poem here. Have I got time for one more? Yeah, you do. Okay, thank you. Uh, this final one, uh, one or two of you have heard before, I think. Uh, it's called A Proposal. I'm just going to have a quick swig of water. Hang on. Let's you and I be atheists together. Eschew all creeds. Acknowledge no invented deities. Mono, pantheic, or trinitus facsimiles, mere embodiments of human traits and frailties, the people's opium. Let's put no stock in orthodoxies, hierarchies, that shit, the mechanics of oppression gussied up as holy writ, nor set no store by karma nor nirvana, trust no carrot-and-stick covenants of paradise to come, be numb to numerology, make no apology for finding nothing in it but a game that's strictly zero-sum. Let our fetishes be kinky ones, not superstitious totems, no rabbit's feet, no lucky pants, no dried-out monkey scrotums. We'll give short shrift to animistic talismans and shamans, respect no demonologies, well, maybe Neil Gaiman's, invest no supernatural heft in any natural creature and live free, parsnips unbuttered by the utterance of guru, priest or preacher. And before he gets too cocky counting chickens, Dawkins, that list includes you. If not, then what else should we do? Waste our time on purgatory and limbo? Thanks, but no. Strive to rise through seven or more multi-level heavens. That can go. I want a life, finite and precious, then oblivion, not bloody Nintendo. Don't get me wrong, I'm not depressed. Not here suggesting we be nihilists or cynics, locked in endless self-analysis, expensively examining our existential angst. Let's be jaw-dropped gobsmacked, awestruck by the wonder of it all, and let that wonder be enough. How much more wonderful that there's no plan, 
no architect, nobody to thank. So come on, baby, let's apostatize. As rational adults, let us consent to this dissent, be dissident in word and deed, and rise to meet life's challenge clear-eyed and eager. Cause, to misquote Neil Diamond and the Monkey's debut single, I saw your face, now I'm unbeliever. Old habits have a habit of persisting, though. So you mustn't mind it too much if I worship you a bit, make sacrifices, lay my votive offerings at the altar of your days. Because I believe in us, you see, in you and me, religiously. To this, I promise to be true, that if you'll have me, if I'll do, I shall keep faith with you and pray you'll stay. Thank you. That's me done. Thanks, Ken. That was awesome. Yep. Indeed. Who's so left? excited to have everybody here. There's so many like people like we haven't seen in a while. It's very nice. Like all the fam's back together. Um. <laughs> Thanks, silly. Um. So, Andy's not going. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pam or Louise, what do you guys think? How you feeling? Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm down to. I'm down to clown. Cool, cool, cool. 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 Uh, yeah, just some quick things. Uh, but I've been philosophizing. Uh, this is called Of Existence. Or else are, or else conceived, or else conceived less clear, or else less distinct, or else. First doubt, no nature clear, no nurture, no nurture true permitting, no doubt, no doubt more true, no doubt true permitted. Certainty certainly established, certainly established feelings, feelings in particular, certainly more obvious. I understand nothing. Far and less distinct, knowing them with certainty, a correspondence teaches me the arrangement for assemblage. Stars, towers to our eyes, I understand nothing. All right. Uh, and this one, this is my second one for today. This is called Concerning Things That Can Be Doubted. There is novelty in reflection, false opinion true, highly doubtful premises from uncertain times. I am misled by certain lunatics, befogged by bile, gold, and purple naked. Imagine heads of clay, bodies of glass, black vapors as kings, insane fools following. Oh, the plausible quiet nights I have become accustomed to, dreams drugged in sleep, stretching a hand to careful matters. Bewilderment shaking the heads of sirens and satyrs, bizarre shapes in nature seen and composed and real. I am bound to confess, universal truth more simple. There is no earth, no sky, no God as judge. Everything is uncertain. Uh, what's happening? Okay, uh, one more quick one. I wrote this for a homeless guy. I met his name is Juice. I don't know what his real name is, but he's, God, he's darling. He's just like, he's so cute and he's homeless. And I'm just like, I just want to take him home, but I, I know I can't. 
because he's a child. Anyways, uh, his name's Juice. New people and a hole in my pants. We all need juice and something to think about, the hardest of core. I am talking trash, criticizing everything in a non-combative way. I make my creative vision vulnerable. The trash is all over, and I am fulfilled with humility and apprehension. We should vote on what flavor most represents fear. Show me your panties. Be trashy, you attention slut. The machine needs juice to mesh the metal cogs. Okay, thanks, guys. Hooray. Who's last? I think it might be Louise, but I'm not sure if she's going to go. Oh, I will. I will. Okay, cool. Um, so I've got um, three. Do I have time for three? If I try and read them quickly. Yeah, yeah. there's still like <laughs> there's still ages left. Go ahead. Um. So this one is called Stopwatch, and it's inspired by a Joan Erdley drawing um, called Female Nude on the Ground. Uh, okay. Armor torn, though made of silk. It fell, it fell at your feet like soft September mist. Defenses breached, I surrendered to you, went willingly to your side, and my darling, it was beautiful. This was the start of our love story. The calendar shed its months, and you shed a mask. And you washed all my colours away. Your only gifts are black and blue, and I need to wear them in secret. This is how you love me. I'm a rough sketch of who I used to be, broken, grey, ashamed. You've erased every line, every highlight, taken everything. But my resilience. I'm making a battle plan on the floor where you left me. I'll get out of this cage because I know now this is not love. That's that one. <laughs> um, and I wrote this one today. <laughs> so it's like, it's a bit dumb and like needs a lot of work, but fuck okay. it. You shit! <laughs> In another life, I'm a VHS tape. Unclear. Too new to be retro cool. Jittering. In another life, I'm matching socks. Uniform. Pressed. Balled up tight. In another life, I'm forgotten tea. Sad on a work top. Tepid, still, beige. In this life, I'm a purple flower with an orange center. The sky is open to shower me with sun and the earth has given me a space to grow. Purple or orange flowers bloom all year round. In this life. That's that one. And the last one I'm going to do, if it's all right, um, 
I, I read here before. Um, but I, I felt like I rushed it. <laughs> so I'm just going to read it again because I'm a little bit more confident here now. <laughs> so um, I read the year thing. I hope that's okay. I know that wasn't so long ago. Um, so this is called For the Writer. And it's um, my teeny tiny little shitty homage to Oscar Wilde because I love him. Um, I've come to you late at the perfect time. Ready. Leaves like discarded ideas dance across placed earth. Edith sings for them. I press a palm to risky prayers offered up with ink. They're cold now. Hard. I trace fingertips over transcendental love of everything. I want to give you my lips, Racer, but they're bare and I carry no paint. I wanted to give you my words, but Stein told me they weren't ready. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 